Welcome to the 21C Ministry Podcast, where we're all about encouraging, equipping, and empowering Christian pastors and leaders. In this series, we're going to focus on biblical leadership and ministry conversations that help us all deal with the unique challenges of the 21st century. In every podcast, we'll do our very best to be authentic, straightforward, and practical. We're glad to have you with us today. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Steve. I am a pastor, a writer, a consultant, and probably most importantly, I am a husband and father. Excited to be here to talk more about leadership in the 21st century and particularly excited once again to be joined by Jared. Jared is a worship leader studying to be a full-time pastor and Jared is my son, which as always makes the conversation just that much more fun for me. That's fun for me too. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, I've been looking through a bunch of my leadership stuff and ran across some older material for leaders uh, that had to do with creating what they used to call employee satisfaction. And as I got pondering that, reading through some old articles, I went, you know, that's not the way it works anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, It used to be such a critical thing. How do you get your employees, or in the case of church, your volunteers, your, your parishioners, whatever, Uh, How do you get them satisfied? And I got looking at that and thinking it was hugely important and it is now such an out-of-date concept as we've talked about culture shift in this podcast. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what that shift looks like and what leaders need to be paying attention to in the 21st century as they're trying to work with Uh, volunteers in a church setting or some kind of nonprofit as they're working with staff or other employees in a business setting. And the idea that used to be critical, employee satisfaction, has just shifted. And the way you do that is completely different than it was just a few years ago. So what does employee satisfaction look like now? So it used to be that that was just, I said, something that was hugely important. We There were articles and studies and entire books written about employee satisfaction. We wanted the people that we led, uh, again, whether it's employees or volunteers in some other organization, we want people to be satisfied. We want them to be content. We want them to be happy in their job. We want them to enjoy their work responsibilities. And so what what we did was we focused predominantly, not exclusively, but predominantly on uh, clarity. We wanted clear job descriptions so that it would be very clear. What's your job? What are you supposed to do? And then we wanted clear goals. That way you'll know exactly what to accomplish and whether you've accomplished it. And then we had clear rewards. Usually in the case of, of employees, that was compensation. If you meet your goals, then you get a raise. And everything in the organization was built around making sure that everybody knew what their job was, everybody did it really well, and then everybody got reported or fired if you didn't do it right. (laughs) Right. Uh, And partly that made a lot of sense in a culture that valued institutional loyalty. We talked about this a few episodes ago where one of the previous culture values was institutional loyalty. You joined a church or you signed on to work for a particular company and you pretty much stayed there for your entire life. Yeah. Uh, And 
in the 21st century, new culture, new values, and what used to be critical, employee satisfaction, just, I don't think anyway, it just doesn't make sense anymore for most, especially our our, our younger uh, culture where it's just, it's just not the way it works anymore. So I've started, there's not, I haven't got a catchy phrase for this yet, but I've started to think about the idea of fulfillment. Being satisfied with a job well done at the end of the day used to work. Now people are looking for something more. It's not that they didn't used to want to fulfillment in life, but in the 21st century, we're looking not for satisfied employees. We're looking for fulfilled followers. Those of us in the previous culture need to start asking, well, what do we have to do differently then? Because if it doesn't work, for those of us who want to be good leaders, we got to start thinking in new ways and remembering then, as we've been talking about, the new cultural values, the new cultural paradigms, priorities. People in the 21st century just no longer value the institution, the organization in and of itself. Uh, we value other things well above institutions. Uh, we value justice. We value relationships. We're looking for something different than the previous culture was looking for. Uh, the other thing that is true, I think, is technology is a game changer. Mm. For those of us who are older leaders, we look at technology and we look at the game-changing efficiency and we look at how it can increase our bottom line dollar figures and but we forget to look at the technology shifts for the individuals who are the employees in our organizations or our volunteers or the people we're leading. I mean, think just at a real simple level. Everybody's got a smartphone, right? Pretty much, yeah. And even if you don't have a smartphone, you have access to somebody who does. And so yeah. what that means is we're walking around using social media where we're fully connected to pretty much anywhere in the world at any given time. We have access to all kinds of information, all kinds of people. We can participate in teams and groups and all kinds of things. I mean, I just think, it is, you know, look at what you do. You do podcast editing because you're connected all the time with people from other parts, not just down the street. You, you do podcast editing for people who aren't even in this country. All around the world. Yeah. That used to just not be true. <laughs> so that kind of individual access to technology has changed not just the way we think. We talked about that in a previous episode. It's changed the way the next culture thinks about things like jobs and churches. So all of that kind of stuff as background, I think, and there, I'm sure there's more because we could get there's probably a whole book to be written on this by somebody who's smarter than me. <laughs> but I think that there are probably five key things that we have to pay attention to as leaders. First, we've got to have meaning. In order for you as a volunteer, as an employee, or whatever your role is, in order for you to be fulfilled in what you're doing, you have to know that it has meaning. Something bigger and better and beyond just you show up and make widgets. Mm -hmm. used to be you, people could just, they could show up and spend the entire day making widgets and go home knowing that they did a good job making widgets and now they'll watch TV and then they'll go back tomorrow and make some more widgets. Hmm. Now 
more than it used to be. People want to know why they're making widgets. How do those things matter? What yeah. difference are they making when they show up to work or when they show up to volunteer in your nonprofit organization? Mm-hmm. So that takes us back a little bit to stuff we've talked about before, and I won't rehash the whole thing, but the clear, compelling vision idea. In today's culture, you have to, as a leader, be able to paint a clear, compelling picture of what the future can and must be for your organization. That's where people will find meaning. Whatever the role, whether it's a CFO in a major organization or a volunteer who sweeps the floor after everybody else leaves Mm -hmm. It matters that they understand how they fit into the bigger picture. What is that clear, compelling vision? That's what gives meaning to what we're doing. And meaning is critical. Mm -hmm. So next piece, I I think, which is different than it used to be, collaboration is non-negotiable. It used to be we'd show up and we've, I don't know if we valued hierarchy, but certainly it made sense to us. We'd show up, there was a boss, there was an organizational chart, everybody knows who they report to, and you go to your cubicle and you do your job. Yeah. Now there is just this huge value on interactivity with other people, collaboration. People Mm. want to be part of, they don't want to just do their little piece of it. They want to be part of it. They want to make a personal contribution to that greater whole. So as leaders, then one simple thing, I got to be willing to take input. If I'm the leader and more than input, I have to be collaborative. Uh, I've I've seen leaders. This is almost amusing to watch. It, well, it would be amusing if it wasn't. I don't know. Ironic, tearful, something. Mm-hmm. I've seen leaders leaders from a previous culture come into a staff meeting and say, "I would value your input on this project." And what they mean is, I would be happy to receive your input before I do it my way anyway. <laughs> yeah. And there is no better way to demoralize your staff than to tell them you want input and you don't really. You just yep. want them to think they gave you input. Mm-hmm. So uh, one way to that's the, the, just critical, I think, to establishing a sense of fulfillment in our current 21st century culture is that the leader has to value actual collaboration. I need as a leader to walk into a meeting or to walk up to the water cooler or the cafe or wherever it is I'm going and actually solicit with intent input because other people are smart too. And if I think I'm the only one, now I have to make the, the hard choice at the end of the day but I'd be crazy if I did not do that in a collaborative fashion where I'm taking advantage, not just of the collective wisdom, but where I'm doing things that make sense to the collective whole. That's where collaboration happens. Right. The other thing that that is more vital now than it used to be is partnership with other organizations. It was more one organization doing its job and another organization doing its job, and they connected where they had to to support each other's jobs. Now we need collaboration between organizations. Churches need to work together, not just work alongside each other. Uh, All of that kind of stuff. So we need the meaning, we need the collaboration, and then again, not new, but shifted in terms of of its significance. People in the 21st century 
want to make an impact on the world. Mm -hmm. They don't want to just go in and make their widgets using that overused analogy again. Hmm. They want to actually make a difference in a way that makes sense in the 21st century. We've talked about priority shifting, priorities of justice, uh, um, individual justice, social justice, economic justice, those or ecologic justice. People want to know that they're actually changing the world, that they're having an actual impact on what's going on around them. Yeah. So one of the things that some of the smarter organizations, the large businesses are tending to do, they're now talking about a second bottom line. Used to be you talk, well, just bottom line it. What that meant is how much money did we actually make? It's all, you mm-hmm. know, that's a business. We're in business to make money, if that's your business. And the bottom line was we made money. More culturally savvy organizations, churches as well as for-profit and not, and then nonprofit businesses are realizing that, yes, you, you can't spend more than you make. I mean, you just, yes, there is a dollar reality to business, whether you're a church or a, or a for-profit business. But the savvy organizations are creating these second bottom lines where they're identifying some kind of uh, cause, some way that they are having a positive impact. And they're targeting that with the same intent and priority as the money part. So, yes, a for-profit business has to make money. A church has to break even. While we're doing those things, while we're doing all of the normal parts of normal business, we're not just going to make money. We're going to change the world while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're a church, we're not just going to get more butts in the seats. It's not mm-hmm. just about our church. We're actually, while we're doing our normal job, we're going to change the world. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing for those of us who are who are pastors and, and business leaders in Christian settings. That's that's scriptural. Yeah, we're supposed to have a positive impact on the world around us. So we can't do everything. But maybe your church is going to is in a place where uh, alleviating poverty is going to be a critical issue. Mm -hmm. It's not just about your church. It's about that second bottom line. How are you changing the world? Or maybe you're in a location where racism is particularly significant and Mm -hmm. you're going to you're going to take a significant role in fixing some of the systemic issues that happen with racism. Yeah. But the reality is, if you're a leader and you want the people that you lead to be fulfilled, which is what they need in the 21st century, then your organization must intentionally and genuinely address those things. You can't fake it. That whole, we've talked about that before, authenticity is a value. You remember some of that. If you're not real, people in this culture are going to know it and they're not going to buy anything else you're trying to sell either. So to probably not overstate it. If specific to churches, if your church is not intentionally looking at some of those justice issues, like individual, social, or ecologic, if if you're not really looking at some of those cultural issues that are huge priorities, you are dying a slow death and you're wondering why. Say that again. It did sound good when I said it that way, didn't it? Yeah. Or or yeah. bad, depending on which side of it. <laughs> the yeah. reality is in this culture, and part of this is because of the the people reality as we're talking about fulfillment. But if your church is not genuinely and intentionally addressing some of those justice related issues, you are dying a slow death 
and you are probably wondering why things don't work the way they used to work. People are slowly leaving and you wonder why. People are not enthusiastic and you wonder why. Programs that used to be powerful aren't having the results they used to have. It's because culture has shifted. One of those key shifts has to do with our world now wants to make a significant positive impact. And if Mm -hmm. your organization's not doing it outside of itself, you're dying. Yeah. Next one. So we hit uh, meaning, collaboration, impact in a whole new way. And I'm not sure this touches on values that we've talked about before, but it talks about it's, it's the reality of the culture we live in. We need flexibility. Used to be you'd show up, you'd work in the office from nine o'clock to five o'clock, and then you'd go home and it would be considered a good day. In today's culture, people want to be able to work where they want, when they want, in a way that makes the most sense for them. Mm-hmm. Part of that's just the individuality of, of culture that's growing. Part of it is with technology, with values, that kind of stuff. It doesn't make sense always to show up at the same time every morning, work a few hours, go home, do it again. So probably your organization, you as a leader, need to be looking at things like office hours. No more static office hours. Mm. If there's not something that's needful at nine, why are you telling everybody they have to be there? Mm. something is a pet peeve of mine with youth pastors in churches. Mm-hmm. Youth pastors have to put in office hours. Why? <laughs> they're just sitting in the office waiting until school gets out when they're going to go do their real job interacting with parents and kids amen uh so you know uh worship pastors much the same thing i know worship pastors who are at their absolute most creative at two o'clock in the morning preach and somehow they're supposed to show up for an eight o'clock office opening Mm -hmm. because why well the answer is usually because the office opens at eight yeah and the worship pastor's presence is good because man and like the worship pastor the youth pastor like those those kind of flex positions like they're up late at night with like rehearsals and youth events and stuff like that anyways and so now now you're gonna try to tell them to wake up early to come into the office like that's demoralizing well it is it did not used to be demoralizing quite the same way and that's one of the things that those of you from this new culture need to go, why do they keep doing that? That that makes no sense. Well, it used to make more sense than it does now. Weird. I know, <laughs> but it didn't used to be weird. Um, so, it, and, well, and it's other things. Starbucks might be a better office environment than an office. Yeah. Not always and right. not every day, but quite frankly, in an era that values relationships and collaboration and that kind of stuff, actually showing up and having a cup of coffee in a Starbucks, where, by the way, there is free Wi-Fi connectivity that's faster than you have at home. Amen. That's a perfect place to go get stuff done. Right. Uh, And so for those of us who are previous culture leaders, we have got to start wrapping our brains around the fact that those kinds of... You work nine to five with a one hour lunch break. Well, that used to work. It really doesn't anymore. So we need to be thinking about how we create flexible work opportunities. Easiest to look at that in the context of business or paid staff. But the same thing is true with volunteers. How do we help create 
the kind of flexibility that makes sense for the individuals that we're trying to lead. And if we're leading them in a way that that does not give them any sense of fulfillment, we're leading poorly. So yeah. we need to factor those things in. Mm-hmm. Then another one that pops to me as a huge critical shift from one culture to the next uh, is diversity. Mm-hmm. It used to be a little bit like flexibility, used to be nine to five made sense. It used to be taught, preached, understood that like attracts like and like ministers best to like or serves like best. I'm not suggesting it was right. It was just what was. It used to be that businesses, churches, nonprofits often organized themselves around that kind of thing. We were, we were taught as pastors in a previous culture that you should have affinity groups. Your church will grow best and have the best kingdom impact when you intentionally targeted people who were already like you and then allowed other churches to target people who were like them. That used to, again, not saying this was right, it used to be normal. It used to make sense to people that that would work. And there was evidence that some of it did work. Now culture is saying, I don't even care if it did work. It's just wrong. Yeah, You should... No longer be specifically trying to look at people who are just like me. Thus, for churches, or again, any other organization, we need to be making an intentional effort to create diversity, to celebrate diversity. Uh, There's all kinds, for those of us who are pastors and leading in specifically Christian contexts, there's all kinds of scripture passages that talk about those kinds of things. There, I mean, you get the picture of, of heaven, eternity in Revelation, where every tribe, every tongue, every nation, it's not just little groups meeting by themselves. Mm-hmm. There is this massive everybody diversity uh, that's part of the body of Christ, the church. We need to start working on that. We need to live that. Diversity is critical. If we do not pursue it, it's a little bit like uh, the impact thing. If we're not making a difference in a way that makes sense to our culture, we are slowly dying as an organization and probably don't even know it. I think all good key things for uh, leaders to remember in creating fulfilled followers. Um, And honestly, as a young person who has followed a handful of leaders in, in the last number of years, I've seen like definitely a a stark contrast between what happens personally when, you know, a leader achieves those five things. And like, I do feel like there's meaning. I I do feel like the organization is really collaborative. I do feel like what I'm doing is making an impact and the organization is making an impact. I recognize that there's flexibility in the organization and also that there's diversity versus when all of those things are or even like some of those things are absent. There's definitely a large disconnect personally. I might be less enthused. I might want to leave the organization. I might not put in all of my effort. And I I really think that's the case for the majority of my generation. And so if anybody listening wants more content like this or just to have 
be a one-on-one conversation with you or just to keep up to date on what's going on, uh, where can they find you? Glad you asked that question. I'd love to continue the conversation. Uh, Specific to content, if you're just looking for a little bit more information, one, we're going to we're going to keep talking in, in this podcast about that kind of stuff. Uh, but you can find my book, Shift Church in the 21st Century, uh, at Amazon. And uh, it's called Shift Church in the 21st Century. It talks about all of this kind of stuff, specifically the shift in American culture and how it impacts the church. And then you can find me on Facebook at Steve White 21C, 21st Century. Steve White 21C. These shifts in culture, some of the new stuff just makes no sense to previous culture. Well, why are you talking about that stuff? People should just do what they're supposed to do, (laughs) which doesn't make sense to the new culture who's going, really? I don't even understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Culture has shifted. What once used to make all the sense in the world simply makes no sense anymore. And as leaders, especially as older leaders in the previous culture, we have to shift with it. Churches and organizations that don't make those shifts are going to see lower production, lower morale. We're going to see great employees move off to another place. We're going to see church attenders quietly go find a different church. uh, And then we're going to wonder why. Mm -hmm. We have to understand the times and we have to know what to do culture shifted and as leaders we have to shift with it thank you for listening to this episode of the 21c ministry podcast if you found it helpful please like subscribe leave a review and invite others to join us because we always grow and learn better together don't forget to follow steve white 21c on facebook and instagram to stay up to date on all of pastor steve's latest content We'll see you next time, encouraging, equipping, and empowering Christian leaders in the 21st century.